what's your advice on sort of becoming a health journalist like yourself? Because funnily enough, I'm seeing more and more people, because as someone who's working, I guess, as a journalist in a news company, uh, as, as, as a reasonably young man, it's a lot of graduates obviously coming out now, coronavirus, a terrible time for the job market. And you know, it's funny, I think more and more people want to become a journalist, it seems, or get into creative industries, art, art industries that you would say that, that journalism is in. Um, so I think your advice would be really valuable to them because it's the, the, the best of the advice I've given them is that it's not a, uh, it's not a sort of a straight and narrow uh, is it path to there from my experience. However, you know, I think, I think someone of your caliber, you know, would be, would be better informed to sort of answer this whole question. I think, yeah, this is the thing, the thing about journalism, but um, I, I think, right now there's never been um in many ways there's never been like some kind of more like opportunities like so for, for people like so to um you know to kind of like so, uh, fi fi find their way like so to, for, for a career in it like so you know about so if you say like so 15 years ago you know you pretty much like so have like so one option you know you were going to work for like um you know a newspaper like so or a magazine or you're going to like so go into like so broadcast nowadays there are so many platforms you know, which allow people to, um, you know, create a following, like, so in their own right, like, so you can create, like, if you come up with a great idea, you can create your own YouTube ch channel, you can essentially be a journalist, like, so in a YouTuber. Um, so there's lots of options, like, out there, like, so now for people to make money, like, so from, like, so the media. So in some ways, I think it's, like, a great time. You've still got the conventional, like, so ways, like, you know, the newspapers, the magazines, like, so the digital, like, so the outlets. But you also have, like, alternative, like, so um, options as well. Like, so for example, there's um, a current platform called Substack, which allows people to start, like, a newsletter and, like, build up a following. And there's some people who are making a very good income out of doing that. So there's all of these lights of you know new opportunities and things like that which technology is providing um so i think as a, as a young journalist you know you've got to i think be open-minded like so think about like so all of these lights of different options how how i got to like where i'm doing like so at the moment is basically you know i i trained for many years as a neuroscientist um and i basically i loved writing so i just started freelancing like for my own time and i'm basically pitching like to various people and i'm putting myself out there and i think you've got to be willing to do that not be afraid of rejection i mean when i first started pitching to media outlets i got rejected hundreds of times because my pitches weren't very good but it's something you just you learn from um and there are opportunities out there like so it's you know in, in many ways it's never been easier like so for someone to become a journalist you know a lot of the traditional barriers like so kind of have have broken down like it's not so much about contacts anymore i mean obviously like so they help you but I, ideas are the most powerful thing i think nowadays um and you know there's different ways to break into that industry well i think that's some great advice david and also i think the, the good point you make there is that yes you've still got the classic brands you know that you know, in media, like your BBC, your Guardian, your ITV, your Times, but, you know, but... Alternative you, business models out there as well. Yes, 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 exactly. Exactly. As you say, you can, I mean, it's, it's a hard, it's, it takes hard work like anything, but you've got, as you say, there's many people who are YouTubers who are doing absolutely fantastic, you know, and don't need, if anything, the traditional media needs them. You know, uh, that's in, in, the thing. They they become publishers in their own rights. 
And I think that's what people, you know, like so nowadays breaking into journalism, you know, what I would say is like, sort of, you know, try and open your eyes. Don't just think traditional media, think of the alternative media as well, because let's say you want to become like a health journalist. <coughs> You can maybe try and like to become like of you know a health correspondent for the Times, but you could also set up your own like of YouTube channel and start producing your own content where you don't have to rely on anyone and you can generate your own business models. So I think there's lots of opportunities for people out there now. Great advice, uh, awesome, David. And last last question is, uh, you know, I'm guessing accuracy is hugely important. You know, sort of with your, with your journalistic field, with health journalism, probably more so than. I guess any field really probably how, how heavy is the research for some of your articles? And also is that something you would, I guess, give a heads up to people who are thinking about doing it in a sense of, look, this is how much I did. This is the reality of it. And you've got to get it right. Otherwise, um, you know, it, it doesn't look good on you and it could be detrimental. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I mean, like, so there, you know, one of the pressures which comes with the job is you often have like a tight deadline and, you know, you, you do have to try and let's be as, as accurate as possible. Um, I'd, I'd say, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's something not to stress about likes of two likes of hugely because, you know, let's say like, so you get likes of one likes of figure wrong or something like that. You can always, most of these things are going likes of online, likes of their digital nowadays, you can go back and change it. So, you know, when I, when I write stories like so for the Guardian, likes of all wired or things like that, they don't get, on my back likes of too much if say you know one likes of kind of figure likes of is wrong or something like that but you know obviously if you're making likes of lots and lots and lots of big errors like sort of on a regular basis you know you're not going to be asked to to do it again you've got to be rigorous but you've got to be quick at doing it as well that's that's part of the big challenge of being like a journalist i think in, in health or science or finance or anything like that you know but it's just something you learn from experience so if you want to predominantly do writing journalism, you would probably recommend people, you know, you've got to be a good writer, but also uh, a, a reasonably quick writer. And if you're probably not the latter, then either get better or maybe a different form of medium is for you, like video or something. Yeah, no, totally, totally. Like, so I think that's one of the most underrated skills um, and ones which, which isn't particularly mentioned very often about being a journalist. You know, there's lots of people out there who are brilliant writers. You know, but whether you're a sports journalist or like a health journalist, you know, speed is the, is, 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 is the key thing. Basically, people who can write well and write quickly, that is the key thing. You know, the number of times like I have like a deadline and I've got to, you know, interview many people and get that story done by the end of the day. So, um, and that's that's part of the job. Like, so, and it's the same for football writers, you know, they've got that two hour match and they've got to knock out like a, you know a good enough report to go in the paper the next day and get it done within like half an hour <laughs> yeah that's a big challenge and you're, that's, you're, that's, that's where the real skill comes in your writing is genuinely a skill and obviously the more you do the better you get and that's what i've noticed with sport, those sports journalists like henry winter and stuff and you know uh, you know ian chadband it's you know it's it's doing it's 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 writing that 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 piece but doing it really quickly, really well, and getting what you need in there, but not writing, not not in too many words. It's a, as you say, it's a speed as well. It's a it is a genuine skill. Um, it's, it's it's definitely something that which which you know you learn like so through practice for sure. I mean, I think for me the funny thing was until 2013, I'd only ever been a magazine writer, but then in 2013, I I was working for the New York Times for about six months as a just as a freelancer for them covering various sports events, and for the first time in my life, I was presented with you know they would give me like some story to do, and I'd got to file the piece within three hours. 
you know, and <laughs> what, 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 was that, what was that like as a learning curve? It was a very steep learning curve because I mean, I, it was New York Times. It's got to be, it's got to be good. <laughs> so, um, serious brand. Yeah, it was, um, it, it was tough, but it, it was a brilliant learning curve. Like, so then I learned so much over the course of like, so those months that I was working like, with them, you know, just different strategies and like, sort of, you know, ways to create an article quickly, which is good when you're under pressure. Um, and the more you do of it, the, you know, the more, more cool headed you become in those situations as well. Indeed. indeed. And, and I remember um, when we worked together last, last year, the world cup in, in Japan, I remember, you know, some, someone I was working with who, who was my boss technically uh, I was my boss, but they, they, they appreciated how quickly I could pump out uh, quotes, you know, like it was, it was a speed of how quickly I pumped them out. You know, it was obviously you want some good stuff in there as well, but it was like, you know, it, it's, it's deadlines, isn't it? And short, tight deadlines. So as you say, they're learning to get good at that. It's, that's probably something definitely, you know, you, you need to have in your, in your, in your armory. Um, you know, and if not, then, I mean, there's other areas, as, t- as you said, with YouTube, et cetera, and podcasts. Now there's loads of other mediums that you can get into if that isn't your thing. But as you say, I think it's just practice, isn't it really? A lot of it is practice. Definitely. It's yeah. The more you do with it, like the more you learn different strategies and that's ways, you know, and you find you're better prepared, different things like that. Final question, uh, Bill, and I said that last time, how nice of a bloke is Bill Clinton? <laughs> he was great actually he was great um i what, mean what, what was that again actually sorry because I, I, I i just see the picture and i like i haven't really looked into how you met the, the former president of the most powerful country in the world well um is, I don't know. yeah i mean so to cut a very long story short i ended up getting invited to interview him on stage at a big health conference about three years ago and it was just a month after trump had been inaugurated so it was it was quite a time um <laughs> i was <laughs> interesting atmosphere yeah exactly i mean oh i my um gosh. Well, uh, i had I had about a week's worth of negotiations with his um press secretary and like so and all the things which i could and could not ask him um nothing to do with trump or hillary's campaign or you know obviously monica Lewinsky. that was all out of bounds but um you're main, mainly talking about his own foundation and like you know his thoughts and like global health care and stuff like that but he was great i mean you know like all very powerful people he's incredibly charismatic and and can turn it on at the uh, flick of a switch. And, and, and he, I'm guessing he knew exactly what to say and how to, <laughs> and how to deliver it and at the right time, et cetera, and all that sort of stuff. Exactly. It was, it was fascinating, actually, because he's one of those people where you can see how he became president. Because as soon as he starts speaking, you know, the, he had lights of, you know, the attention of the audience just in the palm of his hand. So, great, great. Yeah, he knows how to Obviously work. Obviously, great, great communicator, as you say, great communicator and work in the crowd easy yeah no totally totally just had a had a presence about him as a, as a guy though was he nice was he was he was he, actually, was he was he cool like nice guy good bloke i mean like so i didn't really get a huge sense of him as a person because basically you know like five minutes before the interview like he arrived surrounded by a massive posse of like secret service guys who, i can imagine you know all, all look like uh, giant like wrestlers so i wasn't like <laughs> allowed i wasn't allowed anywhere near him until hello bang is it thrown across the room sort of thing yeah okay exactly um, i didn't get it yeah so i mean we had a very quick chat like so you know we shook hands before we went on stage, but, but that was that. But no, he, he, he seemed like a great guy. I was just fascinated by seeing someone like that. He, I mean, Clinton has probably been one of the, the best orators 
in in recent history in terms of American presence, like so that there with like Obama and people like that and Reagan, um, all very very smooth orators, and it was fascinating to see that up close. I can imagine. I mean, just yeah, just sort of mesmerizing and sort of historic. And it is historic seeing someone like that. You know, as you as you say, someone who sort of commanded the floor and, and did it so well when 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 they did speak. Um, to, to camera or in front of an audience. Uh, I was going to say also with, um, it's interesting in the relationship with the sort of, sort of press now, the press secretary has so much power on what the journalists can actually ask. That's uh, interesting. Again, we'll leave it very short, your answer, because you know, it's been a while now, but that is interesting, isn't it? How that sort of, and I remember a few of the journalists we were with were very frustrated at the access they were getting to certain players, et cetera, at the World Cup as well. Oh, completely. I mean, it's a massive problem in sports, basically. Like, so the agents, you know, and the clubs and everything like that just have so much power. They can basically just dictate terms because they don't really need a journalist like anymore. You know, they've got social media, they've got their own platforms. They're almost doing the journalists a favour and they know that, you know. So the balance of power in, in sports is just very much in the athlete's favour. Um, so, you know, they can, you know, they can ask for questions in advance. They can refuse to answer certain questions. That I mean, and that's that's been a big issue in, just in sports journalism. Not so much in politics. Like, so I think people still need the media, um, but particularly like retired politicians, like Sir Clinton. You know, I mean, they can uh, they can do what they want. They're under no kind of obligations. So one of the things I like about like healthcare, like a little bit more. Like, sorry, sorry, David. The, the the mic's gone weird again. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Is this better? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, what's one of the things I like about like of science and health, like so you know the uh, the balance of power is still more in the journalists' favour, and you can actually do you know accurate journalism without uh, without any in, in, in interruptions. Yeah, I can imagine. And the, the final thing with sport is that, is a sense you you, you 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 need to make effort to sort of build. It's like now as a journalist, you need to make good relations with the head of media for these clubs or teams or you know international sides because it's in your best interest to. Because otherwise they just won't give access to you, and then you've got no work. So it's like it's it's a really, you know, you you get you having to get people on your side really, even if you don't want to. And it's and that's an interesting um sort of aspect of it as well. But anyway, David, thank you very much for coming on. It's been a very it's been a very sort of Rogan length podcast. Um, I guess when naturally goes on that path, it's fine. However, I did ask you before. Uh, if you want to stay this long so I'm not going to apologize <laughs> um, however thanks for coming on really appreciate it uh, where can people find you um, you know and sort of I guess shout out the work you're doing and um, you know if people yeah no please please um, please follow me on on, on Twitter um, that's where I promote most of my stuff so my handle is Dr David Acox um, and yeah you'll see my latest pieces for, for Wired and The Guardian Great. I'll um I'll chuck that in the in the bio for the podcast and the and the YouTube video when it goes up. Um yeah, I guess thanks for listening to my ramblings and thanks for listening to David. Uh and yeah, I guess I guess I guess see you later. <laughs> thanks for having me. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Bye. Cheers.